life joyfully in a world full of anger, hatred, anxiety. How do you do that? Let's talk about it with Brad Hansen on Steve Brown, etc. He's an old white guy, an author, broadcaster, and seminary professor who's sick of religion. And he's brought friends. Please welcome Steve Brown, etc. Hey, we're so glad you're here. You always have a seat at our table. We just don't let you talk. In case uh, you're wondering, I'm Steve, the aforementioned old white guy. And Matthew Porter is here. He's our executive producer. Matthew can't believe he's lived long enough to see the mullet haircut make a comeback. Ponderous. (laughs) Absolutely ponderous. It's like those old ties. That's right. Our producer, Jeremy, is in the little glass booth. Jeremy, have you ever sported a mullet? Uh, 1990 to 91, you said No kidding. Yes, I have school photos, uh, but I'm not going to bring them in. <laughs> Good. There is a God. <laughs> Our one-man IT department, John Myers, is in the tech bunker. John can't understand why people say dress for the job you want. And when he shows up as Batman, everybody gets upset. <laughs> <laughs> And Dr. George Bingham is the president of Key Life. George believes sleep is a poor substitute for coffee. (laughs) And Kathy White is the soft feminine side of the program. This week, uh, there was a special event that only happens once every four years. Kathy laughed at one of Matthew's jokes. Listen, it is so good to use these things and say somebody else wrote them. (laughs) It it gets me off the hook. I could hardly wait for this this program. Brad Hansen, and I've told you this before, blows me away. He always does. He causes me to laugh, and the next minute I'm crying. And as I told him, if you say I said that about crying— I'll say you lied because everybody knows real men don't cry. Brand is an author. He's the host of the nationally syndicated radio program, The Brant Hansen Show, and he's co-host of The Brant and Sherry Oddcast. He also works with Cure International, a worldwide network of hospitals, And they bring life-changing medical care and good news of God's love to children who have treatable conditions. Brent has uh, written a bunch of best-selling books. And his latest, which I hold in my nicotine-stained fingers, is titled Life is Hard, God is Good, Let's Dance, Experiencing Real Joy, in a world gone mad. First, Brad, are you crazy? <laughs> I mean, if you looked around... It seems that way, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, in your first chapter, you say, we are on a sinking ship. I am not going to sing on a sinking ship. <laughs> but that's not the whole story, is it? Yeah, that's the thing. Like In this culture, if you're not anxious or angry... 
you look like you don't know what's happening. Like you must be out of it. You must be naive. You're uninformed. And and people on all political, you know, stripes have the same reaction. Like if you're not worked up, if you're not anxious, you don't get it. And I do liken it to, I didn't even notice this story in Acts until like while I was writing this book for some reason. But at the end of Acts, Paul's on a ship that's going down. Everybody on board, including the experienced like deckhands and the captain, literally there's 276 people on the board. Everybody knows they're going to die. And Paul was told by God through an angel that they're not going to die. He's relaxed. Now, anybody looking at him would say he's an idiot, right? I mean, he's got to be naive. You don't understand sailing. You don't understand storms. You don't understand. But he's not naive. He actually knows more. He has more information. And that's where his source of like sense of well-being comes from. So, yeah, that's uh, that's right off the bat. I'm trying to establish that. Peace doesn't come from a lack of knowledge. It comes from more, if that makes any sense. It does make sense. It makes makes great sense. That do you, um, you, uh, you haven't always been so laid back. Uh, you know, you at your heart, you can be really intense really uptight, yeah. really worried, really anxious, really afraid. What happened to you? Well, it's this. It's the kingdom of God, honestly. And I know that that phrase gets thrown around a lot, or maybe it's not thrown around enough, actually. <laughs> Think about it. Like, it's Jesus' favorite topic, and it's so beautiful. So if I didn't believe in that, I would be one of the most nihilistic, fatalistic people you could possibly be around. I'm a skeptic by nature. I'm a pessimist by nature. I'm a fatalist. But the difference literally is that kingdom. I tell people to get people. Everybody knows it's beautiful. You can go on YouTube. You can do this today. Go on YouTube. Look up um, people hearing for the first time. You ever see these videos? Mm -hmm. They get fitted with these implants. I watched an adult woman this morning, I was watching these videos, an adult woman hearing music for the first time in her life. And they turn on the machine and you, you can't even hear it yourself. You just see her looking from one side to the next, trying to process what's happening and then bursting into sobs, just heaving sobs as she's listening to music for the first time. But you can watch one after the other. They'll put compilations or somebody that can see for the first time. Like... And then you can watch videos of soldiers surprising their daughters in a classroom, a reunion that people don't expect. I saw one guy, his four adult daughters had surprised him by gathering together there for the first time in years. And he was an older gentleman. And he came up the stairs and saw all four of them stopped and then just started heaving, sobbing. <laughs> Soldier comes in a classroom and his daughter's in there. She's surprised to see him. He's been gone for a year. She sees her dad and she freezes doesn't say a thing and then just crumbles into his arms and starts sobbing. Well, you watch these videos and you're like, why is this? Why do I get goosebumps? Why do I get goosebumps when I see the Olympics opening ceremonies? I see all these nations and races gathered together in peace. And there's a processional. Like wh why when I'm at these cure hospitals, I can see a kid come back to the hospital. He's now able to run and jump and play. He couldn't walk before. Why does this give me goosebumps? Well, it's an advanced trailer of heaven. Right. This is the kingdom breaking through. When we see it, it resonates with everybody, whether they're believers or not. It resonates with them because they're made for that. That's our home. Like we're 
we're nostalgic for this place we haven't been yet, but it's so beautiful. And I get to be a part of it because I work with these hospitals, but I get to, when you see it breaking through, it's what everybody wants. So Jesus is saying, hey, the kingdom is now here. It's breaking through. And he starts healing people to demonstrate it. Well, that's tough to turn away from for me. I like that. I find that compelling. If there's a better alternative, somebody can let me know, but I haven't found it. So um, that over time has changed my point of view. And um, to me, that makes all the difference. And that, the, the joy I'm talking about, too, and I'm, I'm sorry to... If I'm monologuing too much, but the, no, the this joy is so good. <laughs> Keep okay. talking. The joy isn't a happy, slappy feeling, and you know that. I mean, I'm not telling you you guys something you don't know, but it's this what Dallas Willard called us a pervasive sense of well-being, regardless of circumstances. And you can have that even in the worst case scenarios. I know people who've gone through the worst case, and they'll talk about a piece that exceeded their experience that showed up and uh that's joy that's that you can be grieving and still have this strange sense of well-being that no one else can access everybody wants it but that's uh that's what i'm actually talking about it's not it's not a naive let's be happy no matter what let's act happy it's it's just this sense of well-being you know, throughout the book, uh, in fact, on several occasions in the book, you you make it clear that you're not ignoring the darkness. Uh, and no. you say it in a great variety of ways, and you're not. I love the breakthrough thing that we're seeing the kingdom, uh, what we all hope for, breaking through. And that's incredible. You saw that, too, personally in your life. And we're not going to, in fact, you may not even want to. And if you don't, that's fine. Uh, you said that if people that knew your whole story couldn't believe that you weren't a Buddhist and that you were still a Christian, but you came out of a pretty kind of dark um, situation as a kid. You were a, a PK. And uh, do you want to talk about it? You'd rather not. No, I'm cool with it because I think I, th- I think it may give some validity to the other things I, I might say. But, yeah, I, I mean, it's a very dark, traumatic childhood. It's a prescription for raising an anti-Christian. Fundamental Bible-centered hypocrisy in the home. And absolutely scared, frightened every night for, for my health, for my mom's, my brother. We grew up scared. Grant, let's, uh, let's make that yeah. a teaser for the other side of okay. the break. If you, if you touch that dial or that computer and you don't see what's going on on the other side of the break, all of your friends are going to say to you, I can't believe that you missed it. So stay with us. The name of the book, and you got to get it, even if you're not a believer, you'll laugh, you may even cry. And you'll get a taste of the kingdom. It's titled, Life is Hard, God is Good, Let's Dance. Experiencing real joy in a world gone mad.
Hey, thanks for listening to Steve Brown, etc. And if you're enjoying the show, chances are your friends and family would too, right? So help us spread the word by sharing a link, clicking subscribe on YouTube. And if you think about it, drop us a review on your favorite podcast platform, iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify. We're pretty much everywhere. Hey, is there one called Podblaster? I mean, it feels like there should be, right? But like no E in Blaster. Just Blaster. 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 Anyhow, that's how the colons do it. Hi, this is Steve Brown. And in case you didn't know, one of the main reasons Key Life exists is to remind believers that God isn't mad at his children. Why am I telling you this? Because our weekly email, Key Life Connection, takes the best of the videos, articles, and puts them right in your inbox. We'd love for you to try it. It's free. Go to keylife.org slash subscribe. Hey, thanks for joining us. We're uh, talking to author and radio host Brant Henson about his uh, latest book, Life is Hard, God is Good, Let's Dance, Experiencing Real Joy in a World Gone Mad. And you can get some details at godisgoodbook.com. On the other side of the break, I brought up your past. And you didn't talk much about it in your book, and I thought maybe you didn't want to. And if you don't want to, I don't want you to. But you did start, and you ought to at least complete the sentence. So <laughs> tell us a little bit about your past and uh, why you're still a Christian. Well, my dad was a pastor for years, uh, and we went through a lot. But he, he's very sorry. But my brother and I went through a lot of trauma, and there was a lot of hypocrisy. And we went through it. They got divorced eventually. I was relieved. Uh, and then they got remarried. Uh, over, I, I actually didn't want that to happen, but I understand what my mom was trying to do. She was trying to make it work. And then uh, they got divorced again. Um, and it was, it was just very scary. So combining that with the, the Bible preaching over and over and over and over, and then going home and being frightened for our lives, and then having to go watch another sermon, and then it's it, it is a like you can imagine that's a that's a prescription for the bitter atheists, honestly. Yeah, uh, but I I'm so skeptical. I I skeptic myself right back around to Jesus because he's the only <laughs> one that makes any sense to me. He really is. Like he's the only one that calls out our our self righteousness. And and does something about it. I I don't see any I don't see really any any compelling alternatives. The other thing I found is that if I do the stuff he's told me to do, and I'm continuing to learn it, right? But that his way of life makes more sense. Yeah. We know this now. Loving our enemies, not being anxious, not worrying about the future, not like all this stuff. It turns your life into something that's much more livable. Frankly, it's it's more enjoyable. Mm-hmm. He's brilliant. So, yeah, that's but, a, that's a know, big part. And when 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 people deconstruct, and I'm sorry, I'm just going to say, when people deconstruct because of hypocrites, I'm, I'm, my thing is, why would I give hypocrites further power in my life to deter me from the best relationship I can possibly have? I get one source of peace in this world. I'm going to let a hypocr- I'm going to let all these hypocrites keep me from that. 
Why? I don't want that to happen. So, yeah, anyway. Yeah, I've had the thought before of, like, somebody skeptical of Christianity. I'm like, well, you just haven't asked enough questions. <laughs> like, keep asking hard questions. It will lead you to God. He is not afraid of any question you have if it's honest. So, wow. So, yeah. you kind of hit, hit this a, a little further in, um, I think it was chapter 3. Uh, you talk about a little lonely boy from Assumption, Illinois, which is kind of, I guess, an extension of the story you just told us. But there's a really, really moving anecdote that you share in there. About his friend. About, yeah, about how God didn't forget about you. This is is this amazing. The odds of this in a godless universe, it makes no sense. But I was crying at night. And I was, that was not something I was proud of at all. Just like Steve, he doesn't want people to know he cries. I get it. I was, that was, I was like eleven, I think, and I was in my bunk bed. My brother and we're in this house, tiny house that we had to escape to because you know we lost the parsonage when my parents got divorced. We had to find a place to live. It's teeny, like five hundred square feet, and uh, I, I asked God, I said, I'm lonely. I need a friend. There's no one in this town who understands me. It's a town of a thousand people or less. Like no one moves into this town. It is a very poor town off the map, practically. No one moves there. The next day, after me crying out to God genuinely, a kid shows up at Little League practice. Now, I'm way into baseball statistics. I'm on the autism spectrum, and that's a thing for a lot of us who are on the spectrum. We get way into something, and for me, it was stats. This kid shows up. He knows all the same algorithms and stats and advanced metrics and everything. He's a he's a Cardinals fan like me. He just his parents had just gotten divorced. His mom had just moved him into a. It was the next morning, while I was typing that chapter. You guys, I got a text from him saying, "Hey, what's?" And he said something about the Cardinals. Mm. This is forty whatever years later. We're still pals. We're still best friends. He became a believer. He's one of those honorable people I know, and we laugh. It's one of those conversations you just pick up after, you know, you haven't talked for a while. You have conversations in your head. That kid showed up the next morning. And it, so it's hard for me to understand, even as somebody who's skeptical, to go, okay, well, is it possible that God loves me? <laughs> Why would I flush that? Mm. Like, that's just too sweet. It's too, his sweetness is what blows me away sometimes. Great story. It really is. Brad, I, uh, I mean, there were so many great stories, um, but uh, I kind of uh, was drawn to the one uh, in the chapter, I guess, Trusting God, uh, that um, you told about being the um, day camp counselor and playing follow the leader. Can you? <laughs> yeah, well, that was funny. <laughs> It used to freak me out as a kid that would be like, oh, you have to trust God wherever you, wherever he wants you to go. And, of course, we're thinking that means some other continent, something we don't want to do. And I, I was kind of making fun of that mindset. It's like when I, I literally played follow the leader as a day camp counselor as an adult. I brought, you know, I was running around like, follow me, kids. And we'd follow. I'd jump over a thing. They'd jump over the thing. And I ran up a slide. Up the, up the ladder of the slide. One of those big metal slides in there. They all ran up. And then I thought I'd be cool and run down. This is so stupid. I thought I'd be cool and run down the slide part. And I lost my footing. And you can imagine, I just went skidding across this playground. Like, I was literally just like, 
sanding my face basically <laughs> i came i came to a stop under a tree and there was silence and i looked up and the ki- the kids were all like wide-eyed just in shock and they were still we standing on the side and the, the next kid said we have to do that <laughs> Challenge accepted. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, you don't have to do that. That's just me being dumb. You don't have to uh, but yeah. Oh my you have anything to say, Kathy? You're just going to laugh. I'm just trying to be, having spent a couple of years in my early life as a teacher... I'm trying to envision being a teacher and seeing that and the sheer panic of like what's going to happen afterwards. I, you know, oh my gosh. <laughs> you see the dust settling and like the, the kids are looking at each other. And it's finally one's like, let's go. And they like, go full Braveheart. And you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Brent, you, you talked about, uh, no, shoot. We're out of time. I know. <laughs> well, we're going to come back. So on the other side, Brant uh, will give us a brief for awkwardness. Uh, I want you to know that I rise up and call him blessed for that. <laughs> I felt better about myself after I read his book, and you will too. The name of the book, of course, is Life is Hard, God is Good, Let's Dance experiencing real joy in a world gone mad. Don't you go anywhere. Just like Jesus, we're coming back. Hey, thanks for listening to Steve Brown, etc. And if you're enjoying the show, would you help us let others know about it? You can share a link, click subscribe on our YouTube channel, or drop us a review on your favorite podcast platform. Thanks much. Hi, this is Steve Brown, and I'm excited to tell you about a new offer from Key Life called Living with Steve. Let me tell you the way it works. I travel with you wherever you go. If you need an entertaining conversation or even a sermon, there I am. That's the good news. The bad news is that it costs a million bucks. (laughs) But wait, there's good news. You can get everything I've just described with the Key Life app. And for a limited time, it's not a million dollars. It's free. Try it now at keylife.org slash app. with Brant Hansen, and you can keep up with him at BrantHanson.com. You follow him on X, formerly Twitter, and Instagram at Brant Hansen. Uh, before the break, uh, we were talking about awkwardness. You know, you, you, a lot of the funny stories in this book are about you. And, you know, I'm reading, I'm thinking, I don't believe I'd have said that. <laughs> and uh, you, um, but you give a brief. Talk about that. Well, I have leaned into it, obviously. Like, uh, you have these stories that you cringe at, 
in your past. At least I hope you do, because I've got hundreds of them. And um, now I'm at the point now where when something cringy is happening, I'm thinking this is a good story, even <laughs> while it's happening. <laughs> because why not? I mean, I think a lot of our a lot of concern that happens is from our own neediness. You want people to think we're cool. And I'm just tired of that, especially being in radio. There's a lot of neediness in broadcasting. There's a lot of just, I don't, I just done. I, I want to be a blessing to people and trying to ask God each day, God, just give me what I need for today. The content I need for today is the social energy I need. That's my daily bread. And you can take care of tomorrow, next week, and please make a way for me. That's what I ask. Please, please, please make a way. I'm not, I can't do it. And it's it's wild because it's only open doors, I think. Um, God has made it away from me, and I didn't have a big plan. But part of it's just holding on to stuff loosely. And if if people don't like me, I have to just be okay with that. And I'm, I have, I embrace my awkwardness. It's all right. It, it actually, it just puts people at ease. They're looking for that. That's so freeing, and such a source of joy. Brent, during the break. You were mentioning some things from the book, and one of the things that you said that caught my ear was um, the relationship between gratitude and anxiety. Um, I'd be really pleased if you would touch on that one. <laughs> yeah, it's she very difficult. you to fix her, okay. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah. Three minutes. I think, you'll find, I think you'll find it's true, and we probably have already found it but forgotten about it. It's very difficult to be grateful and anxious at the same time. And it's really interesting how Paul writes about anxiety when he says, be anxious for nothing. When he says that, or when Jesus says, do not worry, they're not crazy. We act like, oh, that's a neat poetic idea. But realistically, we're still going to be worried, right? Like, no, Jesus is very realistic. When Paul says, be anxious for nothing, it's realistic. But he, what he says is, but pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. And then the peace of God, will, which exceeds our expectations, our understanding, will guard our hearts in Christ Jesus. But literally, he's saying, lay out what it is you need, and then tell him all the stuff you're thankful for. And then a peace will guard your heart. The sense of well-being will be there. So it's literally, the prescription is gratitude. And if, I find that to be true. Like, if, I, if I'm grateful... If I'm rehearsing things in my mind, I'm thankful for it. The anxiety dissipates. I can go to sleep. Start if you can't sleep. Start listing things you're grateful for. See how that works. I've seen it work. My wife taught me that trick. It works. So it's just an idea. Wow, that's amazing. It's one of those things that it's so simple. We kind of protest, and there's also there's kind of a mindset of like, you know what? Why don't we just try it? Why don't we just you know instead of. Instead of, in theory, rejecting it. Let's just give it a shot and see how it goes. Um, Brian, yeah. another thing in, in the book that you talked about that uh, that also grabbed me is this this concept of outsourcing your worries. What does that mean? Okay, so I thought this was funny because I was listening. It's Tim Ferriss. He's like a time yeah. management guy. Okay, so he wrote this book, and I, I was like, I should listen to this so I can figure out how to manage my time. And uh, I think I bailed about halfway through it, but <laughs> it was fine book. But he actually said, he's not coming at this from a Christian perspective, but he actually said he was really worried about something. And he has a personal assistant that helps him with everything. She's in India. And so he calls her to schedule dental appointments or whatever. 
And he said, okay, here's one more thing I need you to do as a joke. He said, could you worry about this for me today? <laughs> and she, and she said, okay. And he just thought, ha ha. Yeah. I'm going to have my personal assistant worry for me. But he said it worked. Oh. Just knowing someone was worrying for him, like took that off his plate for that day. And I'm like, that's really genius. And it happens to be exactly the prescription that we're given Old Testament and New. We're supposed to cast our cares on him because he cares for us. Like, give him our anxieties. Let him deal with it. He's already in the future. He can handle it. You can't. I cannot handle next week. No other creatures on the planet worry about next week. We're the only ones. We can hand it to him, outsource it to him. This actually works. It's effective. Hmm. You know, a management thing is always like, what are things that only you can do and what are things that you can be put off to somebody else? The worrying and controlling the future, you really can't do that. It doesn't make sense for yeah. us to do that. Give that to the guy who knows how to do it, and I can concentrate on what I'm supposed to do. Very logical. I'm Absolutely. That's a good idea. I'm going to try. Charles Williams, who was C.S. Lewis' friend, the editor of the Oxford Review, and some of his novels talks about the vicarious bearing of even the suffering uh, of other people, that I'll suffer for you or I'll worry for you. Well, we can't do that for each other, but Jesus can. And I tell him a lot. I've mentioned this over and over and over again. <laughs> Guys, the book is great. You really got to get it. It's just most religious books are not fun frankly, this one is. Hey, thanks for listening to Steve Brown, etc. And if you're enjoying the show, chances are your friends and family would too, right? So help us spread the word by sharing a link, clicking subscribe on YouTube. And if you think about it, drop us a review on your favorite podcast platform iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify. We're pretty much everywhere. Hey, is there one called Podblaster? I mean, it feels like there should be, right? But like, no E in Blaster. Just Blaster. 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 Anyhow, that's how the colons do it. When Christ promised we could live life to the full, he didn't just mean eventually in heaven, because Jesus didn't come to save us from our humanity, but to restore it. Life with a capital L. Find it now on keylife.org slash store. What if you could start your day by hanging out in God's Word and with some of the most significant theologians, authors, and pastors ever? That's the idea behind the one-year devotional, God With Us. Find it now on keylife.org slash store. Hey, thanks so much for spending time with us. Giving your time to something like this is a high and holy compliment for us, and we consider it that. By the way, if you've ever used a reminder that God isn't mad at you, uh, we have covered that with Key Life Connection. It's our free weekly email, and it's not half bad because it's free, you can't complain. Give it a try at keylife.org slash subscribe. Uh, Brant, you mentioned um, several stories in the book um, about your involvement with Cure. 
Um, can you talk a little bit about how you got involved with that and, and how that relates so well? Yeah, sure. I kind of swerved into it by accident, but when I heard about it, some, I had to make an announcement on stage about something and they're about cure. And I was like, what's cure? And they told me, well, there's kids around the world who have disabilities that we could fix. So some Christian, you know, or the surgeon and his, his brilliant nurse wife said, why don't we do that? And there's nothing like this. So now it's eight full-on hospitals that are all about Jesus. They pray over the kids. The surgeons pray. There's worship music going. There's devotions for the moms. There's food and welcome. It's it's literally like the most Jesus-shaped thing I've ever seen in my life. Uh, and it's for the poorest of the poor who are told they're cursed, and that's why they have a disability. And it's usually the mom is blamed, almost always. She must have done something immoral while she was expecting and that's why they have this child who's a monster or a freak. So that's what they're told. They come to these hospitals and they're they're told the exact opposite. Moms are told you didn't do anything wrong. It's not your fault. In fact, God's been storing your tears in a bottle. He he draws close to the broken heart. And, and then we do surgeries for these kids um, and charge the family zero dollars and zero cents. And they can uh they can run and play for the first time or wear pretty shoes for the first time and I, it, it, coupled with coupled with the message of the kingdom, I have never seen anything like this as good as this. And the reason I keep writing about it and putting it in my books and stuff, I want people to see this because when we talk about, oh, Christians are this way or, you know, church is that way or can you believe, like, well, did you know about this? We In the name of Jesus healed 18,000 kids last year. 18,000, 40-some thousand people became believers at the hospitals last year, decided to follow Jesus. And it's not on the news. No one's talking about it. And they don't have a huge PR department. But it's like, you should at least know about it. If you don't want to give to it, that's fine. But you should at least know and and go, oh, my goodness, God is still at work where he always is. He's on the margins with the broken. He's healing up broken hearts. He's using his people to do greater things than he did. He healed a lot of people, but his body just healed 18,000 this last year just at these hospitals in his name. So I want people to know that because it's such a beautiful thing. Plus, that's where the let's dance part of it comes in. There's nothing sweeter. There's no more fun party on earth than at the hospital in Niger. On Thursday afternoons, there's a dance party, and we crank the music, and I get to hold kids, and people come in, and doctors are in there. The kids are at different levels of healing or disability. Some are in wheelchairs, some you just have to carry, some are using canes, they're 15, they're five. They have been through it. And we crank the music, we have the best, holiest dance party you've ever seen in your life. Like, there's there's nothing like a party where nobody's trying to be cool. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> That's awesome. It's just, it's the absolute sweetest thing. And th- if you can see this hospital, you guys. You can go on Google, look at it from Google, whatever, the sky thing, Google Earth. In Niamey, Niger, it's a giant smoldering trash field. It's Gehenna. It's like t- two miles square of it's literally smoke is always rising from this. Something's always on fire. It smells terrible. Well, cut out of that two miles square or so. If you see it from above, there's this, there's this square of, of land. It's green from above. It's got buildings, it's got walkways, it's got flowers, it's got gardens where people grow food that they can, like their families can live on. That's the Cure Hospital. 
literally reclaimed from a smoldering trash heap. And it's healing in the name of Jesus. The poorest of the poor. I'm like, they're singing praises to him. It's in a Muslim country. It's 98% Muslim. But they let us be there because we're healing their kids. Well, if you want to know what the kingdom of God looks like, that's a pretty good start. Hmm. Because we literally reclaimed a, a bit of hell. Wow. Mm, that's so amazing. So, yeah, I, I'm wound up about it. Anybody who goes is wound up. You, you become a raving lunatic like me. So, yeah. <laughs> that is a source of joy. The, the book is about joy. And, and, and we're in a society where it feels like anxiety is an unavoidable tax of being aware and al- alive. So for somebody who's listened to all this, I wondered if you just like, okay, I get it. I like, I, I want to try something different. I need to try something different. Uh, ruminating on, on, on my problems isn't fixing anything. What would you put in their hands like today, right now, first step to get started on trying this? Well, it's, it's really very easy. You just buy my book. And, you have <laughs> so, and one for your friends. Yeah. I, <laughs> Quite easy. No, I, th- I think actually trusting God. Let me, let me let me say this. This is again, it's not naive to say I can trust the character of God that I'm actually safe with Him no matter what happens. Worst case scenario happens. Whatever pain we have is temporary. We're ultimately safe with Him. We can tell ourselves. Here's the other thing. Yes, you can get anxious and agitated on a daily basis, but I say it's like watching a game. You get your favorite team. They're getting ripped off by the refs. The coach is making bad, like you're losing to your rivals. You can't stand them. Well, that's that's a very nerve-wracking, anxious thing. Then your team wins it at the buzzer. Well, if you re-watch that on YouTube, you're not anxious. Why? Yeah. You know how it ends, right? Right. Hmm. I mean, do we actually believe this or like uh, that he's ultimately good? And he's going to wipe every tear from our eyes. It, he's like, when he says to us, you guys don't need to be worried. I know how this ends. In this world, you're going to have troubles, but but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Does he mean that? I mean, I think he does. So this is, we're playing from a pretty strong hand here. I don't, I think, I just think we forget. <laughs> That's so good. Hey, Brent, before we go, shake your set just so we can know how real we are. I just want everybody. Crash <laughs> hands back there. Now, I love it. <laughs> now that is an unbelievable. <laughs> it's a little That's... fake, too. Good. Yeah, yeah, don't, yeah, it's a little plant. too yeah. much uh, commitment to authenticity. Yeah, don't you know, don't water that plant. That. <laughs> I don't even have a real accordion. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, this has been a fun hour. It's a fun book, and you really ought to get it. It's called Life is Hard, God is Good, Let's Dance, Experiencing Real Joy in a World Gone Mad. If you're not doing that, if that's not your experience, I understand. I get that, but there's another way. And the other way is not only true, It works because it is true. Brant, God bless you for being with us. Every time you're on, I feel better about the world. Um, (laughs) I I may ask you to be a regular, (laughs) like every day. (laughs) Guys, we're going to be coming back. Don't go away.
Hey, thanks for listening to Steve Brown, etc. And if you're enjoying the show, would you help us let others know about it? You can share a link, click subscribe on our YouTube channel, or drop us a review on your favorite podcast platform. Thanks much. What if you could start your day by hanging out in God's Word and with some of the most significant theologians, authors, and pastors ever? That's the idea behind the one-year devotional, God With Us. Find it now on keylife.org slash store. This is Pete Allenson, and if you're a guy, I want to show you how to recover and reclaim an intimate, growing relationship with your Heavenly Father. Check out Like Father, Like Son, How Knowing God as Father Changes Men. Available now at keylife.org slash store. Believer, I want you to remember that where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. And you will run out of sin before God runs out of grace. Grace, the real good news of the gospel. Find it now on keylife.org slash store. You know how you can tell that Jesus is in a church? No, 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 you're wrong. No, not that. Not that they quote Bible verses, or they're very, very serious people making an impact on changing the world. That's not it. You know how you can tell when Jesus is in a church? I do. <laughs> that was a rhetorical wow. question. <laughs> I it thought you were looking for a little help. an answer, okay? <laughs> I was... It was rhetorical. Okay. I don't know. I forget. Tell me. <laughs> no, because you, right you say it a lot. Laughter. Yeah, it is. You can't fake you can't fake real laughter. You can fake cynical laughter. Uh if you if you want to be a part of the church because the women look so great or the guys are so handsome, if you'll come to me for a fee. Uh, I'll teach you the key words that you need to know. I'll show you how to look. But I won't be able to teach you how to laugh because that's something that only Jesus does. And when the laughter stops, Jesus leaves the building. And it's no accident that during this hour that we laughed a lot because Brand Hansen is a guy who creates laughter. And that laughter smells like Jesus. So if somebody told you I'm not being a Christian because man, I'm looking for uh, I'm looking for something a lot more than your frowns and your scowling and your judgment and your guilt. Tell them to go. To, tell them. <laughs> <laughs> tell them to sit on it or something because that's not it. The key is joy, and that's why the early church called the Holy Spirit the Happy Spirit. And I don't know anybody who says it any better than Brian Hanson. Good hour. Mm-hmm. Who you got? You're going to top that next week? Well, next week could be really interesting, especially for the very political amongst us. Uh, no names will be mentioned. I'm present, not, I'm present, certainly not. Anyway, many. Joshua Butler, and his book is titled The Party Crasher, How Jesus Disrupts Politics as Usual and redeems our partisan divide. And there is a picture on the front of a blue donkey and a red elephant. (laughs) So there you go, Mr. Brown. The guy that designed the cover was drinking at the time. (laughs) Hey, guys, that's going to be a great program next week. 
our fond hope that you join us. Uh, same time, same place. And between now and then, don't do anything we wouldn't. And that gives you a wide, wide berth.